Good evening, everybody. Um, Welcome back to the Graceful Chaos podcast, episode two. Um, I'm really glad that you're here with me tonight um, listening to this podcast, and I'm grateful for you and hoping that you had a good week. Um, We had an okay week. We tried to get outside as much as possible, which was hard to do with the weather fluctuating the way it does in Ohio. One day it's 60 degrees and sunny, And the next day, it's 42 degrees and raining. So it's tricky to plan our days too far ahead. Um, My kids love playing in the rain, though. I swear they don't get cold. Uh, We went up to the complex playground in the pouring rain, and they thought that it was the greatest thing in the world. They were the only ones there, and the slides were super fast because they were wet, and my kids just had a blast. But anyway, yeah, we had a pretty good week. Um... Does anybody else feel like one day everything goes right? You have, you know, your kids listen to the messages you're trying to say and they do a great job tracing their letters and um, not arguing with their brother and picking up their toys and it just feels like everything is going your way. And then literally the next day is just a train wreck. I kind of feel like that's how... It goes for me, at least. We have we can never have two great days consecutively. They always have to... Um, there's a good day, and then there's a bad day, and then there's a good day again. So I don't know if that's just me, but anyway. Um, I'd like to kind of start starting out these podcasts by um, telling you something chaotic that happened in my life and how I tried to navigate that gracefully, I guess. So tonight, um, I, I throughout the week, I've started writing down um, different chaotic things that have happened, which is not hard to do in my life. Um, I have material readily available. Um, but I didn't even need any of those because tonight was pure chaos at dinner time, which is super great um, for this podcast because I have material. So uh, tonight I made potato and carrot soup for dinner and it took probably I don't know 45 minutes to an hour from the time I started cutting up the vegetables to the time it was ready to eat and you know cooking's hard work you it's exhausting cutting everything up and preparing everything especially when you have to keep an eye on kids that are running around and you can't always just cook straight through, you know, you have to cook and then you have to stop to break up a fight and then you can go back to cooking and then you have to stop to, you know, remind her not to hit her brother and so on and so forth. So anyway, I got dinner made. It was really delicious. Um, my son had three bowlfuls and my daughter, who is starting to get super picky, which is a whole other can of worms. I could say a whole podcast on <laughs> picky eaters. Um, she decided she wasn't going to eat dinner. And the rule in our house is you have to at least take one bite. And if you don't like it after that, I'll make you something else. But when someone makes food for you, it's polite and respectful to take a bite. And if you don't like it, we'll go from there. So, um, I've been kind of weak on enforcing that, um, lately. Or not weak, just inconsistent. So tonight, I was like, you know what? I'm going to lay down the law. She's going to take a bite. 
or she's not going to get down from the table. And I told her that. So her brother finished eating and he was allowed to be dismissed and go play. And Charlotte wanted to get down and go play too. And I said, no, you can't get down until you take one bite. We call it a hello bite. You have to say hello to your food one time and then you can get down. And she would not take a bite of that soup for anything. And, you know, I tried logic, I tried reason, I tried, you know, I even told her, I said, if you take a bite of your food, then you can have dessert, you know, you can have ice cream afterwards. Nope, nothing. So I said, fine, we're going to sit here until you decide to be a big girl and take a hello bite of your food. And we sat there, I kid you not, for 25 minutes. This child screamed, this child threw her food, this child threw her tantrum, and throughout the entire thing, I stayed calm, which is a huge feat, um, you know, hooray for me for staying calm. <laughs> I stayed calm, even though I wanted to scream and yowl and basically have a tantrum of my own. So I was basically like, you know, she's not going to win. I am not going to let her down off of this table until she takes a bite. And it wasn't like I was asking her to eat, you know, worms. It was cheesy potato and carrot soup. It was delicious. My son had three bowls of this food. And my husband was not home at the time. Um, it's hunting season for those of you who don't live in Ohio. I don't know if the seasons are the same. I'm a pretty poor hunting wife. Um, but anyway, it's deer season right now. It's archery season. So my husband was out in the woods. And 25 minutes, screaming, crying. I'm surprised nobody called the cops on us, honestly. It probably sounded like she was being killed. But my husband walks in the door, and as soon as he walks in the door, she shuts her tears off, and she goes, Daddy, Daddy, I'm eating my food. And she takes a bite of the soup. And I literally just got up off the table, or from my chair at the table, and I walked into my room and I told my husband I needed a minute. I said, I just need a break. And then she proceeded to eat the entire bowl of soup. So, you know, hooray that she ate the soup. It took 25 minutes of a tantrum to get her there, but, you know, I'm taking what I can get. So that was a win. And I did not lose my temper, which was a huge feat because, boy, did I want to. So anyway, that's my little bit of chaos to start the podcast and how I navigated that gracefully, which I'm giving myself a pat on the back for. Um, but in my last episode, um, I talked a little bit about how my husband is Protestant, he's non-denominational, and I'm Catholic. And I got a couple messages um, saying that they would love to hear more about that and how our marriage works and how we navigate that situation because that can be kind of tricky for some people, especially the more devout and passionate you get in your faith. Um, you know, it's very important to you and it's a place of passion and it can be difficult to kind of navigate situations where you might not agree on a certain thing, especially when you take it as... 
uh, doctrine or um, canon or whatever. So I thought that I would talk a little bit about that um, today. So to give you some sort of a background, um, my husband is Protestant, non-denominational. He grew up going to a private Christian school um, and he knows his Bible, man. He knows it back and forth. Um, I mean, that's just a huge feat, you know, a great win for his mom and dad and all of his teachers. Um, I mean, this guy knows his Bible. If I need a Bible verse about something to post or send to a friend or whatever, um, I always text my husband and he can pull like five off the top of his head. Um, very devout, has a very personal, strong personal relationship with God. Um, he goes to a non-denominational church, grew up going to a non-denominational church. Um, and so that's kind of my husband's background. My background, um, I'm a cradle Catholic, which for those who don't know what that term means, it basically means I did not have a come to Christ, you know, in my latter years kind of thing. I was born to Catholic parents. I was raised Catholic. I was baptized as a baby. Um, you know, just raised in the Catholic church. Um, I went to public school, but I also went to PSR, which, um, for those of you who don't know, PSR stands for Parish School of Religion. And those are basically the equivalent of like Hebrew classes for Jews. Um, you start going, I think you can start in kindergarten or preschool, honestly, I don't really remember, but I'm pretty sure you can start that young. And it goes all the way up through eighth grade. And um, it's basically just learning about the history of the Catholic Church, the good, the bad, and the ugly, why we believe what we believe, um, the ins and outs of our faith. And I compare Catholicism a lot with Judaism in terms of the fact that being Catholic is almost a culture. Um, you know how you can be a Jew and not a practicing Jew, but you're you're a Hebrew, you know, or you're Jewish by um, like familial ties, you know, your mom was Jewish, her mom was Jewish, so on and so forth. And so you identify as Jewish, but you might not necessarily practice. You just have a whole culture around it. Um, or you do practice and you are very ingrained in that Jewish culture. Being Catholic is sort of the same way. Um, there's a whole sort of culture that comes with being Catholic and it is very traditional. Um, and it's very, you know, big families and the whole family's Catholic. You all go to church together, you know, big family gatherings, so on and so forth. I want to be very careful generalizing like that, um, sidebar, because not all Catholics are like that. Not all Protestants are like my husband who know their Bible back and forth. Um, so this is all just generally speaking. If this does not identify to you, please do not take offense. Um, I'm just speaking generally. So... <sighs> Anyway, um, that's a little bit about our background, and 
Um, so my husband and I met online and we both had in our profiles, you know, that we were Christian. I had that I was Catholic and he knew that I was Catholic coming into the relationship. Um, and honestly, he said that he was kind of intrigued by that. Um, he had only met a number of Catholics before and had a lot of questions. Um, and there are a lot of different myths <laughs> about Catholics, um, we do not worship Mary, for one. We do not pray to her. Um, even in the rosary, we're not praying to Mary. That's a huge one. I just had to put that in there. Um, but he had a lot of questions. So we just started talking, and our relationship kind of developed from there. And early on in our dating life, um, we had very, very in-depth theological conversations and arguments. Um, we called them debates, you know, or exchanging discourse, but they were arguments um, and they got really heated. And I think we were secretly trying to convert the other, you know, I know at least for me, I can't really speak to my husband, um, but at least for me, I was secretly trying to convert him, <laughs> you know, like, oh, you've been a Christian your whole life. You're halfway there. You know, if you just enlighten yourself to this, that, and the other, you can become Catholic, which is the fullness of being a Christian, which is not true. Um, and I know that now, you know, I did not before. I was very hesitant about dating somebody who was not Catholic, um, which is silly because I had dated non-Catholics before. But for whatever reason, I was just very hesitant about starting a relationship with someone who wasn't Catholic. I always imagined marrying a Catholic. Um, and so when it became very clear that I was developing very deep feelings for my husband, um, it kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't know how are we going to raise our kids? You know, how would we make it work being so different? Um, and in our early dating life, he actually invited me one of the first dates we went on, which is kind of nerdy, but one of the first dates we went on, um, he took me to his church and we sat in on one of the youth group meetings. And I can talk about that, you know, in another podcast as well. But I legitimately had a meltdown at his church in private. You know, I went away to the bathroom, but I just started crying because I felt like God was going to be angry with me for being at a church that wasn't Catholic. And how silly that sounds now, looking back, but I was very, um, I was very afraid and I tried converting my husband to being Catholic often and it got to the point where we just couldn't talk about religion anymore because we would just end up arguing or, you know, I wouldn't understand why, why can't you just believe what I believe? And that was really tough. Um, there was a lot of proving why I was right and he was wrong and vice versa. Um, and that kind of just progressed through a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion. Um, it matured and progressed into respect for his faith and he grew respect for my faith. Um, 
I kind of came around to the whole idea, you know, God is so great and so awesome. He does not just appear to people in Catholic churches. Um, Jesus did not come onto this earth to establish one giant religion. You know, Jesus was not Catholic. Jesus was not Christian. Jesus was Jewish. He did not come to this earth to establish Catholicism or, you know, baptism or pro- or Lutheranism or whatever else, you know, Presbyterian, all the other different sects that are out there. He came to establish a relationship with his people and he came to establish a covenant with them. And that's all he came to do. And so I kind of came to that realization and my husband did as well. And we said, you know, we love each other and we want to really make this work. So I started going to church with him more and more. And his church was kind of a shock to me at first because if you've ever been to a Catholic mass, there is no hand raising. Um, Not really any... I mean, some people kind of sway in the pews, but it's all very reserved. It's all very muted. It's all very respectful and somber um, and reverent, I would say. And in his church, you know, there's a screen and there's lights and it's like almost like you're at a concert. Um, And, you know, I I came with my in-laws and my mother-in-law has the most beautiful voice that I've ever heard. And when she worships God... I mean, she, it's, it's literally just her and God, you know, she doesn't care who else is in the room. It's her and God. And she, you know, raises her hand and, and worships and it's beautiful. But at first it really scared me. Um, I didn't know what was going on and it kind of made me feel uncomfortable. But after going to church with him, um, I truly started to feel God in his church and hear his word through the sermons. And now when I go to church with him, I am out of my comfort zone, but I worship, I put my hands up, I sing, I close my eyes. And it's a really, really moving experience. Um, And my husband started going to mass with me, you know, and learning about the traditions and the rich history and, um, how we celebrate mass, why we celebrate it the way we do. And when we, and and he started finding real beauty and hearing God's message, you know, reaching out to him through mass. And I'll never forget this. One Sunday morning, we were at mass um, down in Athens at Ohio University's campus where I was currently going to school. And um, the priest there, Father Mark, He gave this whole homily about how God is the God of unity and the devil is the Lord over division. And how if he were the devil and he wanted to break apart and get under the skins of Christians, the very first thing he would do is worm his way into Christianity and start dividing 
And that's exactly what he's done. You know, we have Baptists, we have Lutherans, we have Presbyterians, we have Methodists, we have Anglicans, we have Catholics, we have non-denominationals, we have Pentecostals. I could go on and on and on. And there are so many arguments and there's such friction between all of the groups and that's exactly what the devil wanted to do and has accomplished that you know god is the god of order he's the god of clarity the god of unity the god of love and in father mark just kind of went on talking about how our job you know he's speaking to catholics who are at mass he said our job as catholics is to go out and tell Jesus's story and to love everyone and to bring them to Jesus, not to bring them to the Catholic Church necessarily. And that was a really big kind of aha moment to my husband and I. We kind of looked at each other and it felt like God was speaking directly to us, which I truly think that he was, you know. Um, And that was a really beautiful moment. And you know, we ended up getting engaged and getting married and having our two children. And how our faiths kind of work now, um, like, honestly, it's not that big of a deal to us anymore, you know, um, in terms of our arguing and trying to convert. Um, I really wanted to get married at a Catholic church, but we ultimately decided on having, um, a friend of ours who's the music pastor at his church, marry us, and it was outside, um, but God was present in every aspect of the ceremony. We had communion, which was a very important thing for me, and um, we've talked about going through the process of having our marriage recognized by the Catholic Church, um, possibly for our five-year anniversary, so it was really beautiful, um, and when we talked about how we wanted to raise our kids... There were a series of things that we wrote down that were important to us, you know. First and foremost, we want them to know and love Christ. That is of the utmost importance. We want them to have a personal relationship with him. We want their lives to glorify him. And those are the three most important things. What's important to me, um, It was very important to me that our children go through the sacraments, at least up until confirmation. So the sacraments of the church um, start at baptism, which we baptize as infants. And that was very important to me um, for a number of reasons. And my husband, being respectful and understanding that this was important to me in my faith, um, he said, sure, you know what, let's get them baptized. If they want to be baptized later on as teenagers or adults or whatever, that's great. I'm not going to stand in the way and say, no, you can't choose to be baptized and come to Christ. You know, that would be silly. But my husband was totally on board. Um, and my husband's family, who's also non-denominational, they came and it was a big deal for them as well. So both of our children have been baptized in the Catholic church. Um, the next sacrament is first reconciliation, which is where, you, it's confession, you know, and it's the first one, and you go to a priest, and you confess your sins, and then um, they act as 
kind of an intercedent between you and Christ and absolve you of your sins. Um, so that's important to me as well. And then first Holy Communion. And then after those, um, it'll be up to them if they want to be confirmed in the Catholic faith or not. And I'm not going to push that because to me, it is more important that my children know and love God and go to church where whatever church that may be, um, that's more important to me than them being Catholic or any, you know, having a title with it. What's most important is the relationship with God. Um, my husband and I have kind of conceded I'm going to homeschool the kids um, and we're going to use a Christian-based curriculum that's just broad Christian. Um, and But it's also important to me on top of that that my kids go through PSR, the Catholic classes, because I'd like for them to learn about the Catholic faith, about the rich traditions um, surrounding that religion and the good, the bad, the ugly um, that comes with that and why we believe what we believe. So they're prepared, you know, in eighth grade is when you make the decision to become Catholic and I want them to have all the information. If they become Catholic, great. If not, then they will have learned a bunch about the Catholic Church and why I believe what I believe. Um, we worship together as a family unit cohesively. There is no mommy's church, daddy's church. There is no mommy's prayer, daddy's prayer. You know, it's all cohesive as one unit. That was very important to my husband and I. So we go to his church together as a family and it's not even his church. We just say we're going to church and I worship right along with my children and my husband. And then we go to mass. Um, sometimes we alternate. We'll do like church one weekend, mass one weekend. Um, sometimes we don't get to either of them. It kind of just depends on how our week has gone. But when we're in mass, um, my husband's very respectful and, you know, he worships along with me and it's not mommy's church, daddy's church. It's just church and mass is how we differentiate between the two. Um, we kind of describe it as being two sides of the same coin. You know, we're both Christians we both love Jesus and try and glorify him in our lives. And um, honestly, I believe my children are going to have a very unique perspective growing up because they're going to have the traditional Catholic side of the coin and then also the Protestant side of the coin. And I think that's really unique. Um, it's a unique situation for them to be in. And I'm really excited as they grow up um, to kind of see what they make of that. So we go together to church as a family. We pray together. Um, and actually, you know, Catholics, before they pray, they make the sign of the cross um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And my husband actually is the one that taught my children how to do that, which I think is really cool. Um, Protestants don't do that. He didn't grow up doing that, but that's something that he thinks is really cool and it shows that he's super supportive you know of my religion just as I am of his because we are the same religion um we're just two sides of the same coin we pray together every night um well my husband works night shifts so on the nights that he's home we pray together but we pray together in the morning when he comes home as well um and 
I guess my last point that I'd like to leave you with, um, we've talked with several couples who are actually Catholic and Protestant, a mix between the both. And we've kind of come up with this metaphor that Christianity or religion, I guess, well, Christianity would be the best way to describe this, is like an ice cream sundae, right? So we both have ice cream. We both have vanilla ice cream, okay? So we both believe that Jesus is the Son of God who came down to earth, was born of a virgin, died for our sins, ascended into heaven, and is going to come again. We both believe that. We both believe, you know, we follow the same commandments. We have the same Bible for all intents and purposes. I can go into that later. Um, We both believe the nuts and bolts are the same. We both have the same ice cream, right? But we have different toppings on our Sundays. So the foundation is the same, but the toppings would be things like, as a Catholic, I believe Mary is a perpetual virgin, you know? Um, I do not believe Jesus had brothers and sisters. I confess to a priest. I believe you know, that the Pope is the leader of my church. We believe in transubstantiation, which is the act of the host and wine becoming the body and blood of Christ, etc. And so those are kind of my toppings. But none of those things determine whether or not I am getting into heaven, right? None of those extra things that I believe have any weight in whether or not my soul is saved. My husband has different, you know, toppings on his ice cream sundae, but none of those things have anything to do with whether he's getting to heaven because the salvation issues that we share, um, they're the same. And that is the most important thing. The nuts and bolts of our faith is the same. We both have independent but very deep, passionate relationships with God. And we strengthen each other. I have grown tremendously in my faith as a Catholic by being married to my husband because he challenges me. You know, he helps me to grow. We have religious discussions all the time now. And it's more so enlightening than it is us ending an argument. Um... And my husband can say the same thing. You know, he's grown tremendously in his faith as well since we've been married. Um, And so, yeah, I think all the fighting needs to stop. I think it's silly. I think we're playing right into the devil's hands. You know, he's got this written down in his playbook and checked off as a winner. All I need to do is get in the heads of, you know all of these Christians and tell, pit them against each other and get them so worried and confused over all of the extra toppings that they forget about the ice cream that they all have in common. And I think the world would be a much better place if Christians stopped arguing with each other and came to love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so my marriage is very much like anybody else's. Um, in terms of it's very loving, it's very strong. We support one another, we help one another. And the fact that I'm Catholic and he's Protestant, um, 
it actually strengthens our marriage, I think, rather than it not doing anything at all or not mattering. It does matter. Um, and it strengthens us both. And we've grown from it. So anyway, those are my thoughts on my marriage um, and how it feels being married to someone of a different faith than me. Um, so I hope you got something to take away from that. I thank you all for listening. Um, I hope it was insightful. I hope that if any of you are in a relationship, um, whether it be Catholic and Protestant or, you know, Christian in another religion, um, that's a whole other can of worms, but I hope that you got some advice from this and, um, can take something away from this. If you take anything away, please take away this. God is a God of love. He is a God of unity. He is a God of clarity. And he is a God of peace. United we stand, divided we fall, right? A house divided against itself cannot stand. And so I think us as Christians as a whole need to start uplifting each other. And learning from each other, you know, and growing with each other. So thank you very much for listening. I know that this was a long one. um, And I appreciate you staying with me through the end. If anyone would like to hear any more about Catholicism, um, the ins and outs of the tradition, I would love to debunk some myths for you. And if enough people message me about it, I might do a separate episode on just debunking um, Catholic myths. So you can drop me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram is at underscore graceful underscore chaos. Um, Or you can send me an email at graceful.chaos4 at gmail.com. Or find me on Facebook as Emily Flanagan Need and send me a message. If I have enough interest in debunking Catholic myths or um, informing you guys a little bit about what we believe and why we believe it, I will definitely make another episode about that. Um, I would love to do that. So if you have any questions at all in general, please reach out to me. Or if you'd like to um, see more about my life as a mom, uh, navigating this chaotic life I have as gracefully as I can, um, you can find me on Instagram. Again, that's at underscore graceful underscore chaos um, or find me on Facebook at Emily Flanagan Need. So I hope you all have a blessed evening and a blessed week. And thank you for listening. I will talk to you all next Tuesday. Mm-hmm.